This is day 22. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 23. Genesis chapter 23, Sarah's burial. Now Sarah lived 127 years. These were all the years of her life. Sarah died in Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham got up from beside his dead wife and spoke to the Hevites. I am an alien residing among you. Give me burial property among you so that I can bury my dead. The Hethites replied to Abraham, Listen to us, my lord. You are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in our finest burial place. None of us will withhold you from his burial place for burying your dead. Then Abraham rose and bowed down to the Hethites, the people of the land. He said to them, If you are willing for me to bury my dead, Listen to me and ask Ephron, son of Zohar, on my behalf, to give me the cave of Machpelah that belongs to him. It is at the end of his field. Let him give it to me in your presence for the full price as burial property. Ephron was sitting among the Hethites, so in the hearing, who came to the gate of his city, Ephron the Hethite answered Abraham, no, my lord, listen to me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that it that is in it. I give it to you in the sight of my people. Bury your dead. Abraham bowed down to the people of the land, and said to Ephron, in the hearing of the people of the land, Listen to me, if you please. Let me pay the price of the field. Accept it from me, and let me bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham and said to him, my lord, listen to me. Land worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed with Ephron, and Abraham weighed out to Ephron the silver that had agreed in the hearing of the Hethites, four hundred standard shekels of silver. So Ephron's field of Machpelah, near Mamre, the field with its cave and all the trees anywhere within the boundaries of the field, became Abraham's possession in the sight of all the Hethites who came to the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried his wife Sarah in the cave of the field at Machpelah, near Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field with its cave passed from the Hethites to Abraham as burial property. Now let's turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, the parable of the wedding banquet. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again he sent out other servants and said, Tell those who are invited, 
See, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away. One to his own farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged, and he sent out his troops, killed those murderers, and burned down their city. Then he told his servants, The banquet is ready, but those who weren't invited were not worthy. Go then to where the roads exit the city, and invite everyone who finds anyone you find to the banquet table. So those servants went out to the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. When the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, Friend, how did you get here without wearing wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him up, hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. God and Caesar. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to trap him by what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are truthful and teach truthfully the way of God. You don't care that anyone thinks, nor do you show partiality. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Perceiving their malicious intent, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. They brought him a denarius. Whose image and inscription is this? He asked them. Caesar's, they said to him. Then he said to them, Give then to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. The Sadducees and the Resurrection The same day some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came up to him and questioned him. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies, having no children, his brothers, his brother is to marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first got married and died. Having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second also, and the third, and so on, to all seven. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, then whose wife will she be of the seven? For they all had married her. Jesus answered them, You are mistaken, because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given a marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. The Primary Commands when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together, and one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. 
The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on those two commands. The question about the Christ. While the Pharisees were together, Jesus questioned them. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, David's. He asked them, How is it then that David, inspired by the Spirit, calls him Lord? The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David calls him Lord, how then can he be his son? No one was able to answer him at all. And from that day, no one dared to question him any more. Now we can turn to Nehemiah chapter 12. Nehemiah chapter 12. These are the priests and the Levites who went up to Zerubbabel, son of Jiltiel, and with Jeshua. Zariah, Jeremiah, Ezra, Amariah, Meluk, Hattush, Shechaniah, Rehum, Merimoth, Idu, Ginnathoi, Abijah, Mijamin, Madia, Bilga, Shemaiah, Joyarib, Jediah, Salu, Amok, Hilkiah, Jediah. These were the heads of the priests and their relatives in the days of Jeshua, the Levites. Jeshua, Binui, Cadmiel, Sherebiah, Judah, and Mataniah. He and his relatives were in charge of the songs of praise. Bekbukiah, Uni, and their relatives stood opposite them in the services. Jeshua fathered Joachim. Joachim fathered Eliashib. Eliashib fathered Joyada. Joyada fathered Jonathan. And Jonathan fathered Jedua. In the days of Joachim, the heads of the priestly families were Mariah of Sariah, Hananiah of Jeremiah, Meshalam of Ezra, Jehohanan of Amariah, Jonathan of Malachi, Joseph of Shabaniah, Adna of Harim, Helkai of Mereoth, Zechariah of Edu, Meshalam of Ginnathon, Zikri of Abijah, Paltai of Moadiah, of Miniamin, Shemua of Bilga, Jonathan of Shemaiah, Matani of Jairib, Uzi of Jediah, Kalai of Salai, Eber of Amok, Hashabiah of Hilkiah, and Nethanel of Jediah. In the days of Eliashib, Joeda, Johanan, 
and Jedua, the heads of the families of Levites and priests were recorded with Darius and the Persian ruled. Levi's descendants, the family heads, were recorded in the book of the historical events during the days of Johanan, son of Eliashib. The heads of the Levites, Hashabiah, Sherebiah, and Jeshua, son of Cadmiel, along with their relatives opposite them, gave praise and thanks, division by division, as David the man of God had prescribed. This included Mataniah, Bekbukiah, and Obadiah. Meshalam, Talman, and Ekub were Greek gatekeepers who guarded the storerooms at the city gates. These served in the days of Joachim, son of Jeshua, son of Josadak, and in the days of Nehemiah, the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe. Dedication of the Wall At the dedication of the Wall of Jerusalem, they sent for the Levites wherever they lived and brought them to Jerusalem to celebrate the joyous dedication with thanksgiving and singing accompanied by cymbals, harps, and lairs. The singers gathered from the region around Jerusalem, from the settlements of the Nedophathites, from Beth Gilgal, and from the fields of Geba and Azmeveth, for they had built settlements for themselves around Jerusalem. After the priests and Levites had purified themselves, they purified the people, the city gates, and the wall. Then I brought the leaders of Judah up on the top of the wall and appointed two large processions that gave thanks. One went to the right on the wall towards the dung gate. Hoshiah and half the elders of Judah followed along with Azariah, Ezra, Meshalam, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, Jeremiah, and some of the priest's sons with trumpets and Zechariah, son of Jonathan, son of Shamiah, son of Mataniah, son of Micaiah, son of Zakor, son of Asaph, followed, as well as his relatives. Shemaiah, Azarel, Milalai, Gilalai, Ma'ai, Nathanel, Judah, and Hanani, with the musical instruments of David, the man of God. Ezra the scribe went in front of them. At the fountain gate, they climbed the steps of the city of David on the ascent of the wall and went above the house of David to the water gate on the east. The second Thanksgiving procession went to the left, and I followed it with half the people along the top of the wall, past the tower of the ovens to the broad wall, above the Ephraim gate, and by the old gate, the fish gate, the tower of Hananel, and the Tower of the Hundred. To the Sheep Gate, they stopped at the Gate of the Guard. The two Thanksgiving processions stood at the House of God. So did I and a half of, and half of the officials accompanying me, as well as the priests. Eliakim, Messiah, Miniamin, Micaiah, Elianai, Zechariah, and Hananiah, with trumpets, and Messiah, Shemaiah, Elizar, Uzi, Jehohanan, Melchijah, Elam, and Ezer. Then the singers sang, when Jezariah and the leader 
On that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced because God had given them great joy. The women and children also celebrated, and Jerusalem's rejoicing was heard far away. Support of the Levites' Ministry On that same day, men were placed in charge of the rooms that the housed the supplies, contributions, first fruits, and tenths. The legally required portions of the priests and the Levites were gathered from the village fields because Judah was grateful to the priests and Levites who were serving. They performed the service of their God and the service of purification, along with the singers and gatekeepers, as David and his son Solomon had prescribed. For long ago, in the days of David and Asaph, there were heads of the singers and songs of praise and the thanksgiving to God. So in the days of Zerubbabel and Nehemiah, all Israel contributed to the daily portions for the singers and the gatekeepers. They also set aside daily portions for the Levites, and the Levites set aside daily portions for Aaron's descendants. Now let's turn to Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense before you. When they heard that he was addressing them in Aramaic, they became even quieter. He continued, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel according to the law of our ancestors. I was zealous for God, but as all of you are today, I persecuted this way to the death, arresting and putting both men and women in the jail, as both the high priest and the whole council of elders can testify about about me. After I received letters from them to the brothers, I traveled to Damascus to arrest those who were there and bring them to Jerusalem to be punished. Paul's Testimony As I was traveling and approaching Damascus, about noon, an intense light from heaven suddenly flashed around me. I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I answered, Who are you, Lord? He said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, the one you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light, but they did not hear the voice of the one who was speaking to me. I said, What should I do, Lord? The Lord told me, Get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told everything that you have been assigned to do. Since I couldn't see because of the brightness of the light, I was led by the hand of those who were with me and went into Damascus. Someone named Ananias a devout man according to the law, who had a good reputation with all the Jews living there, came and stood by me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And in that very hour, I looked up and saw him. And he said, The God of our ancestors has anointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the words from his mouth. Since you will be a witness for him to all people of what you have seen and heard, And now why you are delaying, get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. After I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, 
I fell into a trance and saw him telling me, Hurry and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. But I said, Lord, they know that in the synagogue after synagogue I have those who believed you imprisoned and beaten. And when the blood of your witness Stephen was being shed, I stood there giving approval and guarding the clothes of those who killed him. He said to me, Go, because I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Paul's Roman Protection They listened to him up to this point. Then they raised their voices, shouting, Wipe this man off the face of the earth! He should not be allowed to live! As they were yelling and flinging aside their garments and throwing dust into the air, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks, directing that he be interrogated with the scourge and discover the reason they were shouting against him like this. As they stretched him out for the lash, Paul said to the centurion standing by, Is it legal for you to scourge a man who is a Roman citizen and to and is uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went and reported to the commander, saying, What are you going to do, for this man is a Roman citizen? The commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, he said. The commander replied, I bought this citizenship for a large amount of money, but I was born a citizen, Paul said. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him, and immediately the commander, too, was alarmed when he realized Paul was a Roman citizen, and he had bound him. Paul before the Sanhedrin The next day, since he wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews, he released him and instructed the chief priests and all the Sanhedrin to convene. He brought Paul down and placed him before them.